Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Joshua Counts. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. My name is Josh Counts. I am here in the building with my main man, with my two favorite guys. I'm here with Chris Gazillo and Tom Hill. I got both names right, correctly? Yeah, I told you. I told you. See, I told you it was going to get it down. You've been being better. <laughs> You've been better. <laughs> I mean, I'm like a, I'm Your like mind's a, not hard to screw up. <laughs> Chris is an artist. That's why. There's too, too many Z's and L's in there. But Anyway, we are back. It's been a while since we've had a show. It's been a while since we've actually been together in this room. But a lot of things have gone down in the personal life and, you know, things business-wise. With the Delaware Blue Coats, which is going to start their first game tonight against the West Chest. And then you can catch me there later tonight around 635 for that pre-show. But let's first, let's do our Thursday, excuse me, let's do our Friday tradition of Thursday Night Football recap where the Carolina Panthers took on the Chicago Bears. I'm going to be honest. I hardly watched this game. Me neither, man. I, I'm just going to be – Tom, I know you're yeah, a Panther I fan. Pain. Yeah, it just it, was not a good showing it, of football. It's it's really not. So we had Bryce Young taking on Tyson Bagent. I mean, the Carolina Panthers lost. This was a relatively low-scoring game, but the Panthers still lost the 13. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Tom? I'm not telling. Why are you laughing, Chris? Because it's between so two bad teams. I mean, it is. Am I lying though? No, you're not. It's funny. Like it is the two, two, one of, two of the worst teams in the league. I mean, I can't talk. I'm a Giants fan, so <laughs> y'all yeah, put up a better. You be- have a first round pick coming up, but at least uh, y'all put up a better performance than this. At That's least. That's true. Like this was third. The final score was 16-13. Favor Chicago Bears. Carolina Panthers didn't score not one touchdown at all. And they now fall to one and eight, zero and five on the road. Bears move up to three and seven. This was it out. Um, Justin Fields, he is still hurt. I don't think we're gonna talk about him because I don't think he's coming back the rest of the season. But Bears move on to three and seven. So Tom, you're the Panther fan. Yep. Break it down. Like, what do you think of this game? Break down this game. Like, what did you see? What did you not see? What did you like? What did you dislike? I know outside of the obvious stuff, I know. Well, what I didn't see, and this is obvious, is football that, you know, we can enjoy. That's what we didn't see. That's a fact. But what we saw is an offensive line that is just not very good for this Carolina Panthers team. We saw a young quarterback back there. We, you know, detail even in the pre-draft right before he was drafted by us, number one, the size was going to be a concern. The receivers were going to be a concern. Right now, our second-round pick, Jonathan Mingo, has just looked like a disappointment so far. He had three receptions for 20 yards last night, but he's just not a big separator. Adam Thielen has been a revelation for us. We signed him from Minnesota in free agency, but this is just a game on the road against Tyson Bagent, who was a D2 quarterback coming out. I'm about out. to say, I didn't know who this dude was at all. Neither if you take I. a look at his his college coming out, I mean, it's 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 – very, it's Division Two. He didn't beat a lot of big-time opponents in college because he didn't play at that top level. But this Panthers team is just not very dynamic. They're not very explosive. They haven't drafted well over the course of the past few years, and mm-hmm. they're stuck. Well, it feels like I think you brought up their draft, and I'm thinking like they drafted Bryce Young, who I think has the potential. And I'm glad, I'm glad I wrote this down because it just feels like Bryce Young on the Panthers, Justin Fields on the Bears, 
both of them are in bad situations in terms of their organization where they were good players in college. But when they get to the pros, and I get it, pros is different from collegiate. But, man, it's different. Losing feels different when you're, you're organi- you know your organization is bad. And I think both these quarterbacks know that their organization is bad. Even though Bryce Young, I feel like can maybe the Panthers can make a change next year, get some get some players, get draft well, and because I think Frank Wright needs to go too. I don't think he's the man for this for this team. Obviously, they they got their first win after they got rid of him as the offensive play caller. That's just a lot. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna go to you when it comes to now this quarterback talk between Justin Fields and Bryce Young. And Tom, you can actually in, come into this as well. Which one has the better upside? Like, who would you go with? Like, the has the brighter future right now? I'd probably have to say Bryce Young. I mean, with the Bears, they, they they haven't put Justin Fields in the right in the right system. I mean, they haven't given him a they haven't given him an O line. They gave him they gave him receivers. I mean, with DJ Moore, but I I feel like the um, they Bryce, traded one. I think it was CJ. Well, no, it wasn't. Well, they traded one of their receivers over DJ Moore. They, DJ, DJ Moore. Paris, DJ Moore. Yeah. Yes, they traded him. But I think Bryce Young has the bigger upside because they have solidified him with. They they need to solidify him with more receivers, but I think coming up more years, I think I think it'll be Bryce Young. In terms of his leading receiver for Bryce Young, it was Mike Strachan. I believe I said that name right. I don't even know if I said it right. Strachan. Strachan. Okay, he had forty five yards. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is that? Is that a? Receiver? I don't know any. Is, I'm looking yeah. at any all these receivers. I'm like I don't. It's like the first word that comes to no, my we, head is who are bad. you? We had a we had a defensive back last night named DiCaprio Boodle. Try to cover DJ Moore. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah at least we have a first round pick. Nope, we don't. You don't have a first round pick? We don't. Nope. We they, traded, we it, traded to it to the Bears. To the Bears. To oh, my God. That's what I wanted to talk about, too. Go ahead. Yeah, now get off. I, it was good that the Bears won yesterday because they, now they have a top two pick in the draft. Who are they going for? That's the thing. Is it still Caleb? I think Is it's it Caleb? Yes. If you get number I, one, I, I think disagree. it's Caleb no matter I what. I disagree. I think what? if you have the number one overall pick, and sorry to cut both of you guys off. No, you're good. You're good. But. If you have the number one overall pick, I think Caleb Williams, maybe not completely generational like Trevor Lawrence coming out or Andrew Luck. I'm about to say, I don't think he's that generational. I think he's good. but he's really good, I think you move off whatever you have right now. But the only thing about – I'm going to let you go to next, uh, Chris, is that we're basically saying that Justin Fields is done now. Right. In Chicago for this season, this will be his last year in Chicago. I I think that's true. Go ahead, Chris. I disagree. I think that they should give him another chance. I know it was this. It's his fourth year in the league, right? Yes. Fourth Uh, league. Third. Third. Third or fourth. Next year will be fourth year for Justin Fields. I feel like they should give him another opportunity. They haven't put him in the right position. I know they they gave him a receiver, but their O-line is so bad that – even Daniel Jones couldn't even even uh, pass in that in that old line. Look at the Giants' old line; it's just as bad as the Bears is. And I think it, with the with the Bears, I think that they can go Marvin Harrison over Caleb Williams. Marvin Harrison out of Ohio State would be a great pick. Give it, give give um, Justin Fields another weapon. No, but you needs. know what you could do? You could give Caleb Williams that weapon, draft Caleb at one, Marvin Harrison at two, and Trent Fields. But at the end of the day, Chris has a point about the offensive line because the last, so I'm looking at they draft picks. They drafted Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, for offensive tackle. Then if you look at it, was defense, defense, running back, wide receiver. They haven't given him an old line like, at all. They, there is no, like, there's literally no old line out of, like, out of the first seven rounds. There's no old lineman outside of the first round pick. So, like, even if you get Caleb, it's going to be the same situation with Justin Fields, even with Marvin Harrison Jr. But I'll say this. 
Caleb Williams, rookie, Justin Fields entering year four. So the minute Justin Fields actually shows us that he can play at an NFL but level he can't because consistently, he's in, I think but it, then you're going to have to pay him, and you're going to have to pay him earlier than Caleb because Caleb's younger. That That is true. That, that, that is true. That is true that you're going to have to pay Justin Fields because Caleb is going to be on his rookie deal. But the thing about Justin Fields is I can't it, – it's kind of like – it's similar to – He's going to get hurt before his career even starts. If he, I, I can't – it's similar to Trey Lance. I can't – Trey Lance, I can't gauge you or grade you on you because you want – like – I don't, I'm not saying, I said this in one of my Twitter spaces that I was in, is that I don't think Justin Fields is bad. I really think it's Chicago that's bad, and he, and he just and got the organization a, is bad. Yeah, it's, like, it's not world running. He's just playing for his life at this point. Very uh, similar to Bryce Young over in uh, Carolina. It, it's similar, very similar. Very similar. But and when you look at Chicago's schedule, I mean, <laughs> it don't get easy. I mean, they got the next few games on the road against the Lions and the Vikings, but we assume, I predict both of those are L's. Uh, at home against the Lions again. That's December oh. 10. That's another L. So that's three straight losses. Cleveland, depending on that's an L. Cleveland defense is massive and too great, even though the the offense is suspect. Cardinals, Christmas Eve. Kyler Murray though, that might be another loss. That could be a loss. That could be a loss. Falcons, December uh, New Year's Eve. That you think that's an L? Yes. L for the Falcons. I think I'm gonna give them a W. I'm gonna say that I think they're gonna. Fi- and then they got they finish Taylor off. Go, Taylor Honeycke gonna whoop them. Yeah, we'll see. And then they have. Uh, then they finish with Green Bay, which is an L. Yep. Yeah. So we're looking at what two and what? I'm not two and what. We're looking at four and what? Thirteen. Thirteen. Four and Thirteen. Sheesh. Spells Sheesh. Caleb Williams. I I I dog yo I, I, no that's no, at, please, when you think no. of, when you, I don't it's want giants. them to ruin Caleb please. Williams because there's also a, a stigma. To the USC uh, USC University Act, when was the last great quarterback USC had to actually succeed in the NFL? Because people will say Carson Palmer, probably him. Well, did you? Because you really don't consider Mark Sanchez. I don't think he succeeded. No. I don't think he succeeded. He I think he had a great success with the buff fumble. I, I that's crazy. <laughs> that's nasty and crazy. But <laughs> because it's, it's it's true. But I'm like I, he did get this with ABC championship, but that was mainly because he had the, the defense, defense. Right. Yeah. But I thought Carson Palmer was the last one to come out of USC that was like, all right, he might be nice. I would have to agree. And Carson yeah. Palmer was a really good quarterback. Carson early Palmer on. was a really good, really quarterback. good in college. Yeah, he was good for Arizona hurt. late. Yeah, yeah especially that late, late, that yeah. late run for Arizona where they had Bruce Arians. Yeah, that, he was he, good that year. He was very good. Yeah. But um, let's move on. We're gonna still stick with the NFL for for notice our fans. This will be a relatively short show. We got a lot of stuff going on today with foot, wrong football that were blue coats, but. I want to take a look since we're like we're roughly halfway through the season, and I would say I want to ask you two questions. The first one would be which team has been the biggest surprise to you? Like who's really like I really caught you off guard? Like I did not see this team being this great or this good at anyway. Go ahead, you want because we can start. I'm gonna have to say the Houston Texans. I would have to say the Houston Texans. Yep, four and four. C.J. Stroud's playing at. Almost an MVP level, and you can actually probably put him in those discussions. I was especially. Might, I think he's running away rookie of the year right I'm, now. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And especially last game against Tampa Bay was just unbelievable. He had almost five hundred passing yards, five touchdowns through the air. Nico Collins is there. Tank Dell. Their receiving core is nice. Demico Ryan's, who they hired from San Francisco. They have a lot of good defensive pieces. Stingley, Petre, and obviously they just drafted Will Anderson. So this is a really good team. Really well coached. Uh, really well coached. With a great culture, four and four, it's a winnable division. I think they're easily the surprise of the league. 
I'm about to say it is the easy, easy rent, uh, excuse me, winnable division. They are four and four. I don't think they're gonna catch the Jaguars still because they're just so far ahead with a six and two record. And the Jaguars been on a five game win streak. I think the Jaguars gonna have that division locked up. But I think the Texans will be on to come up next year. To, uh, Chris, I'm gonna go to you. Which team has been the biggest surprise to you? And that could be even one of the better record, better winning teams like the Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, Eagles, Detroit, New Orleans, whoever, even the Niners. Because yeah, I stole his Texans. For me, it's Detroit. You stole my pick now, dang! <laughs> like, <laughs> no, out of, coming out of coming out of, coming into the offseason, no one expected them to, out of out of eight weeks to be six and two. Fact. Nobody did. Fact. With Dan Montgomery, Jared Jared Goff, who's been oh, playing like oh like good. Thank like God monster. I have him in fantasy. He's going off. Like I was trying to think, though, I don't think I've ever seen Goff this good probably since the Ram days. And even back then, he was you know Sean McVay had him on training wheels. Nay, he's just. <laughs> He's loose and he's just you fire laughing? Don't oh, know. <laughs> like stay like stay focused, man. I'm trying. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. For no, me. but I was just kind of wrapping up the point. Josh, you were right. I've I have I personally have not seen Jared Goff look this good. You know, he had a year there with the Rams in twenty eighteen where he was good, but to my point that uh Chris took uh took some uh stock into with, with the laugh. Um, there are people arguing that he might be the best quarterback in the conference in terms of the NFC. Well, even though I would say it's still hurt, I would still yeah. say Jalen Hurts. But no, he's he's looked really good. That team has looked good, and I would agree with Chris's pick. You know what? I'm gonna go to the NFC West. I would say Seattle. I just think the okay. way G, like the Geno has resurrected his career, and it's just amazing to see. Then they got Devin Wood with their spoon on the cornerback who's been looking who they drafted in the first round. Yes, thank you, too. And you got uh, DK Metcalf, who's still a beast. I mean, this Seattle is going to make some noise. Probably going to win a playoff game this year. forgot about one man. Tariq Willen. Oh, Tyler Lockett, bald man. Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker. Bobby Wagner still playing great, too. Bobby Wagner still you playing great. You can't pass on this team with those corners. You, you mentioned you Witherspoon, Woolen. That's look out. You can't. So, it, it that I think that Seattle team, again, I, I – I know, like, I'm giving massive praise to Gino because I was like, I'm, Gino was not it during them Jets days, and he bounced no. around. And, yo, no. the way – and you got me – and I got – I'm looking at Pete Carroll now differently because of the Russell Wilson uh, situation and how, how far he did. And uh, Pete Carroll took in Gino and just resurrected him. Obviously, he wanted to come back player of the year. I'm like, yo, Gino – is Gino really a great quarterback? <laughs> and it's so funny that the guy they got in that rush trade, Drew Locke, Mm. They haven't needed to start. Mm. Everyone just thought, oh, you know, Russ to Denver, Drew Locke is the starter. I clowned that. But then it's Geno Smith who beats him out in that battle going into last season. And I clowned that last year. I was like, yo, they really – because my main main man, uh, Mo, is a Seahawks fan, right? And I was like, yo, y'all really got going with Drew Locke. And then (laughs) Geno won the challenge. I said, oh, y'all cook. Then Geno ends up taking him to the playoffs. I was like, oh, in in the words of Shaq, I apologize. I was unfamiliar with your game. (laughs) Um, with with Seattle, it's it's been it's been crazy. I no one expected them to even come out like they've been too. Yeah, no one they're expected. five and three. They're like second. They might catch the 49ers because the 49ers have been playing great lately. But that's I think that's mainly Brock Purdy injuries as well. But so let's move on to the next topic of discussion before we hit the break. Is um who's been the biggest disappointment in the NFL? This is a tough one now. Chris, you want to start? I'm gonna have to go with the Giants. You did you really think the Giants are the biggest appointment to you? Of course. Wow. They just came are you off saying the, that because of your biasness? No, of the no. Okay. They just came off a nine seven one coming at, coming true. out of the playoffs, 
and them getting Darren Waller and trying to build up their their offense. They came into this season think that thinking that they were going to be better, and they have took a big dip down, and it sucks. Big dip. It's a massive dip. They're two on seven now, brother. Lost I two would straight. have to co-sign that with Chris. I would go with the New York Giants as well. They're my biggest disappointment. They come in after last season. They win a road playoff game against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They add Darren Waller. You think you have the coach. You think you have the quarterback. You paid Daniel Jones all this money. You franchise tag Saquon. Franchise tag Saquon, and everything, the wheels come off. Daniel Jones can't stay healthy. The offensive line, now there's problems. There's questions with Saquon. Maybe trade, well, not trade now, but what's his future? Yeah, I'm going to say, is it going to be free agent this year, or is he going to be re-signed? And you you wonder, do you have the coach in Dable, who you thought you had last year, but it's been bad. Here's the thing, D- Dable. I'm not. I'm not. Was Dable any... a special teams coach? Or was that? I'm thinking. No, he was the he was the um, quarterback coach. For, he was quarterback for Josh, coach. Okay, for Josh okay. Allen. But I'm not gonna put the blame on him yet. I, I I know. I'm not gonna put the blame on him yet. I mean, I get it, but I think it's. I'm, I know where Chris is about to go. I think it's. I think it's Daniel Jones. I, yes, I think it's I, Daniel Jones. It's so much pain to the Giants fans. So much pain. <laughs> Let it out. Let it out. Change once you make the money. So yeah. Daniel Jones, before he got paid, it's like, all right, yeah, he can run around a little, and maybe we can win some games. He couldn't structure. hold on to the football, though. Well, the turf monster. Early, early in his career, that was really ugly. But you know what? You're making forty million a year. Win games for the Giants. Don't win it because of Saquon Barkley. You got to win these games. You got to go out there and play. You took both my picks. I was thinking about the Giants, but I will say there is another team that disappointed me. I'm gonna go Las Vegas Raiders. I expected way more. I expected yeah. more competition out of that. Out of that, not really like that division. You really trust Garoppolo though? This is the same dude that went to the Super Bowl. But then again, when I think about yeah, it, yeah, but he he had Kyle Shanahan, and because of their defense too. Yeah, but, yeah, but they had Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Yes, I'm thinking true. Like, yo, you had a squad. Also, you were thinking maybe Josh I'd rather trust get... Derek Carr than I'd rather trust Garoppolo. The way now I'm thinking about, it, yeah, I'm good. We'll go with Derek Carr over Garoppolo. Garoppolo, and then you're thinking maybe they got the offensive guru and uh, Josh McDaniels, and then you hear how the hear how the stories are coming out. Devontae Adams is pissed because they traded his man and Derek Carr. He came here with him, came here to play with him. Now it's like now they're cleaning house. Now uh, what's my man name? Antonio uh, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pearson. Thank y'all. Antonio Pearson. You're you're hoping that they can get it together because even though they did beat the Giants, sorry Chris, but that's we don't uh, know what else is coming. I expected it. I expected it. I I want them to lose. Well, did you I, expect I, it that bad? I didn't expect yes, the Raiders to look that yes, that, that great yes, against the Giants. I did. I did. It, it. I don't even know how to explain it because I'm so I'm so upset about, about this season right now. I expected the Giants going into this season to be like like they were last year, 9-7-1, or maybe an extra win. But I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting it. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to come. We're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to add something to this topic because I'm thinking about who, what's, like, what's been the biggest shocker in the NFL so far, and I feel like that's something also to talk about. But before we, uh, before we go to break, step into Gavin's Rock Lab every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. on Rowan Radio. Dot Roll Radio. Join your host Gavin Trusenbach for two hours of all the rock and metal music, metal, all the metal music that matters. Hear classic tracks from Pink Floyd and the Moody Blues all the way to the hard, hard hardest hitters of today like Tool and Mastodon. For the greatest deep cuts and live recordings of rock and metal, spend Monday nights in Gavin's Rock Lab from 8 to 10 p.m. only on Roll Radio 89.7 WGLS FM.
Coverage of prop sports on Rowan Radio is made possible in part by the Brown and Gold Gridiron Club. The Gridiron Club is composed of former participants and supporters of the RUGSC football program, whose goal is to bridge Rowan's athletes' past, present, and future. If you would like to support the club, participate in Gridiron events, or would like more information, the email address is gridironclub at rowan.edu. The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club is proud to support prop sports on Rowan Radio. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, All Sides Friday Edition. My name is Josh Counts. We left off with the biggest disappointment in the NFL in terms of the teams. Now, let's talk biggest shock moment. That could be player. That could be team. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What's been the biggest shock moment to you in the NFL? I would have to say CJ Stroud's 470-yard game last week. That was a cra- that was That was crazy. I, I wasn't expecting – I was expecting CJ Stroud to have a good game last week. But uh, no one was expecting him to throw 470 yards for 40 for 50 passing. I think that's when CJ. I think that's when we started seeing CJ Stroud as like, okay, he he's the franchise guy. He solidified him guy. as the uh, as the uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, I agree. Like that was the moment he solidified himself as rookie of the year. Um, also, Tom, Tom, biggest shock moment for you in the NFL. So this one's a little bit strange because he's such a great player. But after week two. I'm going to have to go with A.J. Brown. And the season that he's put up over, I mean, we saw on Thursday Night Football against Minnesota, he had four catches for 29 yards. He had that spat on the sideline with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, get me targets. A.J. Brown, yeah. And since that point, 131 receiving yards against Tampa Bay, 175 against Washington, 127 against the Rams, 131 against the Jets, 137 against Miami, 130 against Washington. And then a lowly 66, but he still caught a touchdown pass last week against Dallas. So he had a good season, game against Dallas. It was quiet, but it was still a good game. Right. And the he caught the pass he, that matter. Right. And the season he's put together with Tyree Kill having the season he's oh, had. Man, the wide receivers are in. A.J. And, Brown has just been unbelievable this and, season for the wide receivers. He already has four-digit receiving yards. He's at 10.05. I'm going to say wide receivers have just had Jeez. a great year and that they put themselves an MVP candidate. But I got one, and I can't believe no one said it, and I'm going back to the beginning of the season. Aaron Rodgers tears his ACL. Yeah. Play yeah. one. Play, I think I believe it was play one. And I remember because me and my dad, we my mom, we all went to dinner, and we went to this place called Chuck Lowry, like a nice little sports bar. We've never been there before. They had like half off on burgers on Mondays. Yeah. And we're got, the game comes on, and it's 9-11, obviously, and it comes out with the flag, hyped up, emotions are on 10, and then play one, he just falls. And you think, oh, he probably twisted his thing. He'll be all right. Then you just see him get back on the ground. They He limps off. And this is when we knew it was bad. When he got on the cart. Actually, no, I'll say when he got in the medical tent, we started really sus- suspecting that, okay, it's really something bad. And then when he got on that medical cart, and I'm not going to lie, I ain't <laughs> – 
I'm not, I'm not nice for this, but be, my dad looked at me and I looked at my dad and we didn't say anything. We had that, that like that, that silent uh, mental father-son communication and we just laughed. We laugh. We're not laughing at the injury of Aaron Rodgers. Just the situation. It's just the situation right. of how it happened. And I, like we know we have family that's up in North Jersey that are Jets fans. Oh, and they yeah. the, I couldn't find none of the Jets fans afterwards. It was like, it was almost like, po- it was, I want to say poetic. It was like, yo, you really had to like, like the football gods did not like Jets fans. And it's like, a shame because if you're watching that Monday night uh, simulcast or I guess just telecast. Even Peyton ESPN, Manning? You talking about Peyton Manning? And, well, if you just see right when the injury happens, like the stadium just kind of like loses oh their buzz. Just like he walks quiet. in with the flag. It's 9-11, Jets, it New went York. Silent, right? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. there's energy, there's juice. And it just kind of went silent. And you, it's a shame because they won the game. They walked it off on that kickoff return. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen handed them the game with those interceptions. But – it's a shame, dude. Very rarely do you win, and you just feel like deflated. Deflated. It felt like someone died in the building. And I mean, I, I, I mean it in res- like respect. It's like, yo, I've never seen a New York building that quiet. It was just like hush. That's what happens with uh, New York teams. No happiness. Nothing. That's a fact. That, that's a fact. I'm a Knicks fan, so. But we're going to stick with football, but we're going to move on from a professional to the collegiate with the breaking news that Big Big Ten bans Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh from the sideline. Now, a lot of this news is still coming out. This came out, well, I would say, what, 5, 5, not I mean 5 o'clock, like 4.30 when we got the news. Some of that, yeah. Yeah, like around quarter of 5 when we got the news. But if you have been following, or if you don't know, Michigan was under investigation for sign stealing. I didn't know you could do that in football, and I didn't think that was a big deal. But it seems like, it because I'm still trying to gather the information myself on this, is that I guess the NCAA is against sign stealing, so they do they, they do their little investigation. They come down to it, especially with the playoffs starting, I believe, in a couple months. They decide that Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is officially banned. Now he can't coach this week, but after that, he's done for the regular season. I I, I don't know if that means playoff as well, because the playoff committee is different from the NCAA. I don't think they should make the playoffs. I really don't think they well, should. Well, they are 9-0 and, and two number two they're overall. Four, I'm the like, they're ranked fourth in the nation. I understand that, but you're Stein still. I mean, I mean. So who do you replace? I, I, I didn't. I was going to add that, but we didn't have. I don't think we're going to have enough time for it, but I actually want to ask this since you brought it up. Like, who do, they, who do you replace Michigan with if you're going to, like, keep them out of playoffs because of the cheating scandal or the sign stealing scandal? So what's the top four right now, Tom? Do you know? Washington, Ohio, um... Oh my gosh, Michigan. Who who's that third? Who's that? Oh, Florida State. Florida State. Thank you, my boys. Um, I guess you replace them with Florida State. Actually, I'm but wrong. I'm actually wrong. Point. It's actually Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Oh, but your point as the NCAA is different than the playoff committee. You know, does the playoff committee have to conform to? I I don't these, think so. You know, extremities of the hey, NCAA. we have a team that cheated. But they're I, I, good enough to be in the playoffs, so I, do you keep them out? I would say I don't know, think so because we had this discussion in my senior seminar class when my professor kind of broke this down, helps us break, under, help me understand this, is that the playoff committee is just there to make the rankings. Right. They don't care what goes on. That's the NCAA issue. So if they just still decide that Michigan deserves to be in the playoff spot, Michigan, the NCAA is going to have to be the one to say, yo, you can't, you can't put them in. Even then, it's like it's two separate entities. But think about how big of a PR – a negative PR situation that would be for the NCAA if they were in college football in total, if they were to have Michigan 
win the national championship. Uh, that conversation came up today on a lot of the sports there talk shows. A lot shows. of controversy. Because you remember, I, Chris, we're, we're both Yankees fans. Obviously, this is sign stealing is nothing new to us yeah. when it comes to the Astros. But the, and they, but that we didn't find that out until after they won. So like we we had this information. It's like, oh, hold up, y'all going into the playoff soon. Y'all y'all most likely will get into the playoff. There's a obviously anything can happen. It's a one and done system. They could win a national championship, and like, do we put an asterisk next to that? You would have to. Now it's weird because in college they had it with Louisville basketball where Rick Pitino. I remember that in situation. 2013, and they they stripped them of the title. So you know, is it really worth it to have Michigan potentially win it this year, and then you know, in three four years down the line, oh, we're gonna strip it. Well, why not try to nip it in the butt now so that it's not much of an issue? Maybe go back to Chris's point. They're not in the playoffs. Again, when you brought that, so you replaced them with Washington? I was going to say Washington. Or his Florida State Seminoles. Well, Florida State's in. Florida so. State's oh, in they're the in. Okay. Yeah, they're in. So it, it would have to be Washington. Um, I don't think they're doing the – I'm not sure they're doing the uh, the extend the extension yet of the playoffs. I don't think that happens just yeah, yet. Yeah, I think that kicks in maybe two years. Or two years. years. Okay, because I was about to say, like, do you put in like, – I guess then Alabama, Oregon, Texas, like <laughs> – you just bring them down to nine. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is such an interesting situation. Right. I'm going to continue to watch this how he has developed because I've never seen this before in terms of college football. Mm-hmm. Like, Rick Bettino was the best example I could think of, even Astros on a professional level. And then I thought of maybe, like, Spygate with the with the Patriots and all that. But even then, NFL didn't do anything about that. Yeah. They just took they just found them and took away Drupal draft picks, and they still ended up winning, like, eight other Super Bowls. So we're going to move on because we're going to wrap this up. we got the last 15 minutes of our show. We're going to move on to the NBA you know, let's talk about the 76ers. We got a big Philly audience, man. 76, Chris, I know you don't like it, but we got to talk about them. 6-1. and one, They play tonight in their first end-season tournament game. Um, and they go up against Detroit, which is going to be an automatic dub for the Sixers. But, obviously, they traded James Harden. But, man, Tyrese Maxey, like, I'm at, the, I'm at the point. I'm a big believer in Tyrese Maxey will be an all-star this year. I think if he keeps this up with the scoring volume that we've seen out of Maxey, it's going to be hard to keep him out. And now I know the guards in the East, it's going to be tough because you have Damian Lillard, you have Trey Young, you have Jalen Brunson, you have, you know, some of these other got Jalen Brown, but Jaylen he's more Brown. of a two guard. So you're going to have these guards coming out of the East, and it's going to be tough. But boy, they, I mean, 76er fans were talking, just talking up a storm about Maxi going into this season. And it just seemed like the writing was on the wall with James Harden throughout the entire offseason. And they were just waiting to get rid of this guy, and they eventually did. And boy, Maxie they got, is just they got taking a lot advantage for him. They, of that open space. Oh my gosh! Like it, I don't, I, I'm trying to put find the stats, but I can't. I don't have it right now. But I would say he's averaged around 20, if not. I, I have his stats right here. What's his stats saying? 25.4 points a game from. Um, he's not even 25. 25.4. Oh, I thought he was at 20. Uh, five rebounds and seven assists per game. Whoo! He's eating. He is yep. eating. And then you got Embiid, who's looking great still. Thirty-one point seven points. I just, I got his right up here. Who's looking like still like a, looking like he could go back to back for MVPs. But I want to also ask this question because I also saw this on the talk show too. Who would you rather have, Giannis or Embiid? I think I would rather have Giannis. It's really close, really close. It is close. I but agree. I think Giannis steps up in the playoffs at least at a bigger and better rate than we've seen out of Joel so far in his career. Now, granted, a lot of the playoff shortcoming talk around Joel has been, you know, Ben Simmons, the game six against Atlanta, or, you know, the Kawhi Leonard shot that 
you know, just by the grace of God's I, goes in. I would say that, but there's also been games where NBA has shrunk and disappeared, Big like time. the game seven in Boston, where right. they arguably should have. I don't know, maybe they went on one, but they, they, he did not have a great performance. He disappeared along with James Harden. So and that's been seen, that thing. We've seen Giannis come up in big situations. Now, last year was a disaster for Milwaukee, but. In I that, still think they should have beat. I still think they should have beat Miami even without right. Chris Middleton. And even that I'll game, say that. that game six against Phoenix in the NBA Finals, he had over fifty points and he shot was hitting perfect his free from free throws. throw. Yeah. So I've seen Giannis. We've seen Giannis show up a little bit more than Embiid. Although I think as players, stylistically, they're very similar. But I would just lean Giannis. What about you, Chris? Giannis or Embiid? Because I'm, I'm, I'm personally, for, I'll tell for all, I'm going Giannis myself because I don't like Embiid's injury history. Yeah. I feel like Giannis' career. Well, his longevity is longer than Embiid because of the Embiid uh, knee situation. And and I think Embiid's probably the most talented big man we've seen since maybe Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, that's how I think how much talented he is. I think he has more talent than Shaq. The only thing about Embiid is just it is health. And another issue what I also don't like is that he doesn't go up in the paint no more. But that could be also tested because he doesn't want to get hurt. I'd probably have to say Giannis as well. I'm not going to lie. Um, the reason the reason why is because it's like in his name, the Greek freak. The man can do it. All. The man can do it all. Mm-hmm. He literally could do it all, definitely. Speaking of Giannis, they did. I watched the game last night. They lost to the Pacers. Pacers doing really well. Another team that surprised me. My my main co my co host on and one, Aiden Butler, was very was very big on them. Tyrese Halliburton have all been looking great. Uh, Rick Carlisle is doing a great job in Indiana. They might make a lot of noise as, as the season progresses, but the Bucks don't look like what we thought they was going to be. Like, what's up with that right now? What's going on with the Bucks? Well, they're five and three, and I think everyone's kind of waiting for this Giannis Dame show to just. I, I think I agree with murder that. Murder teams, and I think it's going to happen at some point in the league. Well, Dame is currently hurt right now. Right, so it, it's going to be Super. tough. I think we'll see. Do you know the status of his injury? Do you know when uh, they expect him back? I am pulling it up right now. Dame literally is day to day with a calf injury. He's okay. not playing. He did not play on Thursday. Um, I don't know when he'll be back, but again, it is a calf injury. So calves tend to linger a little bit. I personally, I'll I'll come on the air and say it. I thought Milwaukee was going to run away with this Eastern Conference, Boston and Philadelphia, and especially we talked Tyrese Maxey up. And yeah, they look way better than I, I thought I, coming into the season. I will tell you, I thought Boston was going to run away with it. Honestly, after the first couple so games of how they way look. But the way Tyrese Maxey and B, uh, Ke- Kelly Oubre, Tobias Harris looking like finally he's looking like a consistent player for the first time in a long time. He's looking like a max contract guy. Th- that's a fact, too. And in fact, that Phillies won six in a row. And I'm like, oh, sweat. Also, they're my favorites to win this um, this end season tournament. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. But the fact that I, the 76ers have shocked me. While the Knicks are still trying to find their, I- not find their identity, but find a way to Scrap by wins, and they right. they need to make a trade. I think they got they got to make the trade for Cat now at this point. I think it, I think there's no point in waiting anymore. But do you think Cat solves your issues? It doesn't. I mean, he's solve, not a great defender. It doesn't solve our issue, but what Cat brings is still some of that offensive firepower, and that with the Knicks is still lacking, especially and consistency now. too. And consistency. And Julius Randle is not shooting his best. So I the question in my head is: If you trade for Cat, who are you going to have to give up, Randle or Barrett? Personally, I would think I would give up Randle. Over Barrett because I think I like I like R.J. Barrett's upside more so than Julius Randle's. But I think they'd rather want Barrett. Yeah, they would want over Barrett over Randle. Yeah, so it's going to be Barrett has looked better this year. Der- Barrett has played a little better this year over Randle, and also the Knicks' struggle is free throws. They have been missing a lot of their free throws as well. But um, 
I'm about to say anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up. I mean, we got a lot of stuff. But uh, let's talk about the the Knicks against the uh, Spurs. Uh, Wemby in the Garden. Hey, Mitchell Robinson still doing business. Hell yeah, still doing business, man. <laughs> Richard Robinson, he said I'm gonna hold. Wemby on from on fraud alert. <laughs> I'm not gonna say yeah, fraud alert. Bust alert. I, know. I ain't gonna say fraud. Years. That's excessive. That's excessive. But he's. I think it would be. Issue. He, he got the X. <laughs> They Boy, got Mitch did eat him for lunch. He almost had a double double. Julius had a double double. Yeah, now, nah, yeah, now nah, we tore him up. We tore them up. But again, the Knicks got make. They got make some moves. I think Miami's got make some moves as well. Right now, if you look at the top three teams, it's been Philadelphia, Boston, Indiana. Milwaukee has to figure things. Out. I think their health is issue. Chris Middleton was out, and then you had to deal with now you got Dame out. So they're they're and now Chris Middleton back. But now they got they have they definitely have to. They gotta get. They gotta figure out like their identity. They have to figure out their identity, and then the Damon, like you said, Damon Giannis connection has to blow up. And I think hopefully it will, because I think they're going. I think that'll be box office for the NBA, especially come playoff time when you got teams like like the Sixers and the Celtics going against the Bucks. I think that makes even more entertainment for us to watch. But that will do it for the short edition of Offsides. My name is Josh Counts. I was here with Curtis Gazillo and Tom Hill. You can catch me every Friday, five to six, for Offsides. But like almost give it away pass it to my boys would anything less you want to say to the audience before we head out yeah be careful victor you're on fraud watch my friend <laughs> fraud watch is so crazy for victor Wimbayama, man go ahead chris finish up giants are gonna get carol williams mark my words we're gonna wrap it up right there because i don't want to say nothing i don't want to say nothing but that would be myself this is wrong radio 98.7 wgls fm josh council all sides see you later You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. <laughs>